This is Black Millennial Money. This is Black Millennial Money, where we talk about how you can make more money, keep more money, invest your money, and spend your money on the finer things in life, all from a Black Millennial perspective. I'm your host, Joseph Olsen, and today we have a special guest in the house, Latana Ezeke. Some of you may remember him way back from episode five. He's back on now, but before we get into any of that, you know what I'm going to say? If you haven't liked, subscribed, left a comment, followed us on Instagram, now is the time to do it. Joining our community makes it easier for more and more people to find us, and also means you never miss an update. You never miss an episode an episode like today is definitely a pen and paper one and one you want to share with your friends and if you want to keep getting these gems like subscribe and share pull it in the group chats also we have a patreon and if you don't know what patreon is at this point i say every week it's a platform where you can support the show black millennial money needs your support for us to continue growing to continue to push out this great content so if you head over to blackmillennialmoney.com and click the patreon button you can sign up for as little as three pound a month and actually start supporting the movement. If you've got any value from this podcast so far, head over to Patreon, support the movement, and let's get going. Last but not least, we have Dilemmas on a Sunday. Every Sunday at 11.30 a.m., we go live on YouTube answering your questions and dilemmas. If you want to get your questions answered fast, join the Patreon. They get, they get express answers, and they don't have to wait till Sunday. If you would like to have your questions answered outside of being part of our Patreon community, which I don't know why you'd want to do that, you send us an email through the website at blackmillennialmoney.com or you join in live and leave your dilemma in the chat box on YouTube. So that's every Sunday at 11.30 a.m. on YouTube. If you missed the live, it is recorded so you can catch it on YouTube as soon as we're done. Now... I like to say we only have illustrious guests only on the show, and today is no exception. He's been on the show before. This is one of my business friends. This guy, when we talk about business, I know I'm talking to someone who's going to go and do something. He's going to go and come back and say, you know what, I made some money. And ultimately, today, what we're going to be talking about is four business ideas that we've been thinking about that we literally don't have the time to do. They're great ideas, but we don't have the time to do it. And the purpose of this episode is either to give you these ideas to go and do immediately or for you to have the opportunity to get some inspiration and think about something else you could do or adapt it based on something that we presented. So before we get all the way into that, Lotana, how does it feel to be back on the show? Not many people get a second time around, you know? Yeah, yeah, I feel great. I feel great. I'm looking forward to talking about these ideas. Okay, so you're the business guy. You're, you're one of my people who I talk to. You're a founder of Expo App, is valued at over $2 million and you're doing this in your early 20s. You're one of the young guys that I speak to about business and making money. But can you tell us about a time you learned a financial lesson and how it changed your perspective and what you learned from it, really? Um, I would say okay, the first thing I think about straight away um, is definitely detaching your emotions from the money can actually enable you to make even more money, more money essentially. So think about a time when, you know, maybe you've been betting or maybe crypto trading whatever it is on that end and you're like oh if i put in more capital let's say one pound to ten pounds you're like oh i 10x my money if that was a hundred pounds if that was a grand if that was 10 grand that would have been a hundred or one million or whatever it is on that end um then one day i guess on myself i literally put in 10k into cryptocurrency and i was like you know if i lose this money i know i'm gonna be upset but at the time of making the decision i was like you know what let's just see what happens on the end and then i made quite a lot of money i think i 3x it on that time and I was like, yo, this is crazy. I've just made 20K, like literally in one day. And then from that, I kind of followed the same kind of pattern. 
instead of like basically removing my emotions from the investment um, on that end. And that's made things so much better. Just listen to the numbers. That's all. That's an interesting point because too often we get caught up in the, this happened to me actually. And I'm sure it's happened to listeners where you try something and you lose a little bit of money. You're like, I'm not doing that again. Cause you're hurt. Your ego's bruised, right? Everyone else made money and you're the one that didn't. <laughs> so uh, detaching your, your emotions from the money. And also, even if you're in your career or, or, going for a new job when it comes to the negotiation for that salary if you remove the emotion of fear that they won't give you the job chances are you're going to get more money out of it because if this person is willing to offer you a job someone else will too so that's an interesting way to look at it like take fear take anxiety take failure all of that take even joy out of the money because once you get a bit happy you get carried away because because to be honest when you told me about the 10 grand I thought this Go, go, go. So even one of my friends is the same thing. He gets too gas sometimes and then like he makes a lot of money and he's like, yeah, I'm going to take the whole lot and I'm going to invest it again at this very high point. I'm just like, bro, relax. And then he loses it again. <laughs> exactly. And like, even when you put that 10K and I was, I was thinking, you must have got a bit happy. Like, like because when we were telling me about it, you started off with 500 pounds. So yeah. you got a little bit excited and then decided to be like, oh yeah, let me 20X my investment. <laughs> 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 like, Maybe there were some numbers between 500 pounds and 10 grand you could have put into that investment. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> all right, cool. So that's a lesson. And I think that's an interesting one for all of us to, to really take hold of. It's about taking emotions out of money because at the end of the day, it is just money. And as much as people say it comes and goes, um, it doesn't owe you anything. It doesn't love you. It does, it's not loyal to you in any way. <laughs> so you should not be getting overly invested in it. Yeah, 100%. So we've, we've got four business ideas today that we're, uh, me and Lotana are going to talk through and really just sort of share our insights as to how we came up with the ideas, how we would do it, and how we think someone else could make money from it. So Lotana, you've got the first one. So <clears throat> tell everyone about this business idea and why it came to you. How did that go? Yeah, yeah, so literally, I've just been on Instagram myself. Um, and I've been taking health way more seriously over the last few months. Um, so I got myself on my uh, my own osteopath essentially and she's a chiropractor as well um so osteopaths basically deal with muscle and bones chiropractors specifically on the spinal cord you know the whole cracking and all that kind of stuff and i looked on the instagram instagram was okay i mean she had like 5k followers all that kind of stuff i kind of looked at people that she followed and i saw these american chiropractors on there looked at the price of their charges about 300 400 like per session and i know a session like 30 to 45 minutes and I realized that people in the US are very, very good at utilizing uh, social media way more. So this chiropractor that I saw that in the US, I think it was called Mr. Chiropractor or something like that. Um, he had 2 million followers on TikTok, had like 147,000 followers on Instagram. And he just kept on posting reels, IGTVs and videos essentially. And I kind of thought, okay, cool. There's just two things that make these kind of videos um, addictive. First of all, is definitely the ASMR side of things that people love to hear the cracking uh, of things. And then the second of the second thing is basically that people like to see other people's reactions when they get their back cracked. Like some people are just surprised, some people are just shouting, all that kind of stuff. Um, he actually did one of the, this old grandma, I think she's like 90 something or something like that. And like, she looked like she was literally dying on that end. But at the, <laughs> I can't lie, but at the end of it, yeah, she was just like, yeah, it really relieved um, the pain and stuff that she felt. And I was then thinking, yo, how can you start this chiropractor business here in the UK, but just give it a really strong marketing arm in terms of Instagram and social media? So what do you think about that? 
I think that works. I think that's, I think it's an interesting angle because like my, my fiance, she loves them backcracking videos. She would just watch there like on the edge of the sofa waiting for the pop. Like I've, I've literally rolled over in bed and it's like two in the morning and she's there with a YouTube video, like waiting for someone's back to crack. And like, there is a real market for people who are interested in this kind of content. So I see how it can go viral, but I also see that especially working from home now where the posture is not quite right, your table and monitor is not quite where a lot of people were going to need chiropractors. Like even now the chair I'm sitting in, I'm feeling like I need to reconfigure this somehow. Right. And I, it may be messing up my back. So I can see the value proposition from that standpoint. And also there's a high transaction value. So, so um, you said in the US, they're charging three to $400 for, for like a 30 to 45 minute session. What, what does your chiropractor charge you for your sessions? Um, about 120, 120 pounds um, at the moment, which is more so on the low end. Um, but I think the people in the US, the reason they charge at least that high, 300 to $400, is because they have that marketing arm there that these guys are booked up for the next two years type of like I actually tried to look at their schedule and they're booked up completely and people are actually paying premiums to actually buy other people's slots essentially uh, through there so it's a very very it can be a lucrative business through there okay and that's an interesting thing because you've got a high transaction value with a high skill set mm -hmm. so I actually think this has got this has got potential for multiple businesses because you've got chiropractors you've got physios you've got dietitians like people who are highly skilled so it's not an easy business to copy right mm -hmm. now you, you you can't just wake up one day and say i'm cracking backs <laughs> you know what I mean? prison, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you will end up remember that remember that guy in america who was pretending to be a doctor and got caught twice that black guy oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like 18 years old <laughs> As I had to like a GP yeah. but yeah basically you end up in prison is the point so there's a high skill barrier and like it takes years to qualify as a chiropractor so not anyone can do it mm -hmm. but because of that high skill barrier it means that the people that are doing these businesses usually aren't the most business savvy it's kind of like in any industry the person who's excellent at a thing isn't usually good at the business like the yeah. best most talented musicians usually have the worst business deals right yeah. Because they're not looking for it, where someone who's pretending to rap has the best deal is making more money, but with no skills. Exactly, I hear you, I hear you, yeah. So I think there's an opportunity there for all sorts of like high transaction value businesses. Because, for example, you're a chiropractor, say she's charging you £100 for a session, right? Mm -hmm. If she works eight hours a day and an hour for lunch, that's seven hours. Basically, she's making £200 an hour. That's £1,400 a day. Yeah. So, and that's in theory, if she's fully booked five days of the week, I mean, for the entire day. And if that was five days a week, that's over, what, that's about seven grand, yeah. seven grand or so in a month, 28,000, which I'm sure she's maybe not that fully booked. Yeah. But if, if she's making a thousand pounds in a day or has potential to do so, and she's maybe not doing it. So maybe she's only doing 500 pounds a day. If you charge 500 pounds a month for this marketing service that gets her to a thousand pounds a day, that's nothing to her. That's, that's not even real money. That's like, oh, that's like five appointments. I got 20 more appointments from this thing this week. Yeah, but I exactly. think there is an opportunity there for sure. I think, I think one thing when I think about it was actually the scalability of things. So I was actually thinking, okay, cool. If I was going to do this right now, like what would I, uh, what do I need essentially? And it was actually so funny. I always tell people like Google the oysters of the world. So I literally typed in how to start your own chiropractor uh, practice in the UK. The first link was literally a PDF that, that showed you step-by-step step how to do it in the UK. And 
literally all you need or all I need, you need some capital to, to actually hire a qualified um, chiropractor. That's the first thing. Their salaries on the low end range between, I think, 22K to 28K a year uh, through there. Um, then obviously getting the office space. That was something cool uh, for you to get through there. And obviously there's some kind of insurance things uh, through there as well. So it doesn't seem that something too hard to start. It's all about the marketing piece. If you can really crack that properly, especially with the rise of TikTok, you can really, especially in the UK, like if I tell you, okay, cool, we'll name a chiropractor in the UK. Nobody knows anyone. But if you ask someone from the US, they'll be like, yeah, I know this guy from Texas. Oh yeah, his name is on Instagram or on TikTok and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so there is opportunity for you to brand it and actually grow it. And I just wanna, I just wanna clarify something because you said twenty two thousand to twenty eight thousand. That's a yearly salary. So if you recruit a chiropractor, twenty two thousand a year is like maybe one five a month. So in reality, if you've if you've got maybe ten grand, you could start this, yeah. and you just need to get the clients in yeah. because if you so fifteen hundred pound a month. So that totals four and a half in salary for three months of run rate. You've still got five and a half thousand to get all the other bits sorted and do some promotion and marketing to get some clients coming in to be able to continue paying that. So mm-hmm. it's not that you need 30 grand on day one, mm-hmm. but you need a little something and you also need a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. And I think this might be an interesting opportunity for someone who's already got access to a business space that maybe didn't work in COVID and is thinking, okay, I'm still committed to this agreement. Mm-hmm can I try something else in this space and see if it works? Or like landlords right now are stressed, it, especially <laughs> business landlords. The high street's closed, isn't it? Like no one's making money. Yeah, like no one's making real money. So I think it might be an opportunity for you to say, if you give me two, if you give me three months free mm-hmm. or some sort of discount, like say they usually charge a thousand pound a month. If you give me, if you give it to me for 500 pound a month, I'll give you four months upfront today sort of situation because this place has been some of these places have been empty for six 10 12 months at this point yeah cash flow is king man 100 so uh, that's interesting but as we talk about this bro why won't it work what's bad about this idea what are the limitations you see what are the problems that someone would need to solve to make it work i think it, it depends on how you go about it but i think the very key issue i kept seeing was Kind of the same thing as hairstylists and, and beauticians, right? What tends to happen is that they start off in a salon and then when they get big, they just leave the salon and start their own brand, essentially. And that's what you don't want your chiropractor to do. But at the same time, that's all I've seen on Instagram is that all these chiropractors are, are now running their own business, essentially. Um, they may have started off somewhere before. So I guess it's basically trying to really force your brand of the chiropractor practice has to be really strong, so strong that it outshines the 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 talent there, which is the person doing the actual chiropractors. Yeah. Okay. I think a way to mitigate that risk, like say if it was you that was running the chiropractor business, mm-hmm. uh, you could be in every video introducing it, saying we've got the best chiropractors in town. You and you even take the microphone like you hear that as they're about to crack the back so you're the character in it and the chiropractors are involved but they're not really in it because yeah. i see your point where you sort of make someone famous and then they leave well that's exactly what happens all the time because they're the relationship holder right like mm-hmm. when i had a barber <laughs> um <laughs> like he moved shops Mm-hmm. A couple of times, like generally, to be honest, it was always on the same street around the corner from it. But mm-hmm. I never kept going back to the barbershop he was at yeah, previously. Saw- I, I went wherever he was. Yeah. And that's kind of what's going to happen here. Mm. Um, 
in terms of why I think it won't work, I don't see, I would be curious to see how many chiropractors would get it as a business opportunity and also how many have the personality to carry it potentially. I think that's a good point. That's not sorry. Because like, I can't remember his name, but that dentist on Instagram with the eyebrows. And now I've said the eyebrows, everybody yeah. knows, but he's a specific type of person. Like mm-hmm. not every dentist has got that on-camera presence or charisma mm-hmm. or nice teeth because them dentists, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a lot of dentists that I've been to. Like, oh, you need my help more than any drugs. <laughs> so I think that is, a, that is a tricky challenge in terms of finding the right personality fit mm-hmm. and someone who would enjoy and maintain the level of output Mm-hmm. even while they're quote-unquote getting more famous or their clients are getting more and, or they're getting more and more busy in general that, that's the trade-off right because if you do find someone that's really charismatic essentially on that end and what tends to happen they're, they're more likely to essentially leave and do their own thing right? so you kind of have to find the balance and then that's why i liked your idea instead of maybe starting your own chiropractic practice it's just offering that uh marketing side as a service to other chiropractors on there and kind of be like a plug-in through there. I think that's way more scalable. Another scalability issue I thought about was like, there's at least so many hours in the day, right? Um, if you want to get more clients, it gets to a point where that one chiropractor is now booked up completely. <clears throat> and then you have to hire another one. And that's kind of like mitigate, like it's basically another cost. Wages is a big cost uh, through there. So I don't see it scaling like software does essentially. It's kind of like, because the more clients you get, the more chiropractors you have to get. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it that's that to me is yeah that's where I would have gone to. I would have raised the price first before um, I start looking for more chiropractors because I am much more with service-based businesses. I'm more a fan of like trimming the number of customers I have, but maintaining high-quality customers. Mm. Even so, you could have a thousand customers paying you a pound each, or you could have a hundred customers paying you ten. The Mm. money's still the same. Yeah. Right. So. I would always take that because again, you're not booked up every hour of the day. Maybe you only have appointments in the morning and you can chill in the afternoon or spend the afternoon on TikTok, basically promoting yourself and recording videos. But the service side of things where where basically the marketing engine, do you see that as, okay, so we come to your practice and this kind of leads on to the next question of how we could start in seven days, right? But would that be, so we're the marketing agency that specializes in high transaction value specialist services. So again, we're not talking about cleaners necessarily. We're not talking about gardeners. We're talking about high skilled roles that cost money. And the people also on the client side, so the customers of a chiropractor, they need that service. It's not someone, oh yeah, I fancy getting my back cracked today. No one, people generally don't do that. Like you are in pain. So it's like, this is a solution to a problem that ends today sort of thing. I get my back cracked, I feel better today. So with all of that, that makes it a strong thing. But would you say that we're the people that um, just come, uh, come to your office and record the videos for you. So say maybe we have two or three days in a month and these are just shoot days, dedicated shoot days. We record bare content as much as we can and we space that out across the month and we promote and everyone books through our platform and we take a transaction value or, I mean, a, a commission for that or... Um, yeah, yeah, there, there is that way. Or you could just be like, yeah, we have or we specific book dates, so three to four, four days in a month. We come in high quality content do the post-production for it and we just give you the assets for you to post uh, whenever you want to all that kind of stuff there could be that side to it as well 
Okay, so that sounds like a cheaper level. So if you don't want us to do the promotion for you or to manage your social channels for you, yeah. you pay, I don't know, 200 pound a month. But if you want us like full service, you don't do anything apart from on those three or four days that we booked, mm-hmm. then that costs like 700 or whatever. Yeah, exactly, exactly that, yeah. Okay, okay. And in seven days, that's a... But you know, there's still an issue with that. That's a, it's a weird thing because it's... Even though you're producing high-quality content from people, what tends to happen is that people start to learn, okay, cool, this is how they do it. <laughs> how can we then bring it in-house um, on that end? Um, but yeah, I think that's another issue with it. it. Yeah, but again, it takes a certain type of person to be bothered to do that because why didn't you do it before? Yeah, right? yeah. So I think... With, with every business, there will be some potential challenges with, with everything, right? And that there are going to be like a small group of people that come and learn all your ways and say, I don't need you anymore. Yeah. Um, but the seven-day thing, if, if this was me starting my first thing, would I would just start calling chiropractors and say, I'm offering this, like we're called uh, a JL marketing service and we specialize in marketing for chiropractors. We want to see you have more and more clients and grow. Can we book a meeting? For us to for us to show you our portfolio in the next two weeks. If I get five meetings based on that, I know I've got something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I don't get those meetings, then it's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. I no. think. How else could you start? What would you say is another way to do it? Um. Yeah, I think that's I think that's actually the, the best way to start through there. If you're doing it as a as a service, if you're doing it just to start your own chiropractor practice uh through there i think just getting office space going on indeed and then just putting a post up there and being like hey we're looking for a chiropractor blah, blah, and see how many people apply i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people that are applying at this time because of you know covid and everyone's kind of looking for work and through there and like you said highly specialized people in certain industries aren't really good at the marketing or other sides of business essentially so start off with that maybe get like five applicants um you know message them through there and then get in the office space because after that we need to get this insurance and insurance is like i think i checked it was like a hundred pound a month uh through there and that's about it okay so that's pretty light yeah that's pretty light um okay cool so that's the first business idea um marketing services for highly specialized people we spoke about chiropractor specifically so that's one option i've got this next idea written down on my phone so excuse me for those watching on youtube <laughs> that you're going to see me looking down a little bit but um <clears throat> Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay. So this is a dating app for black professionals. Now stay with me here. Cause I think as much as dating apps are really, really common, I feel like there are some areas where you could make it more specific to particular communities. And like, I look at an app like Muzmatch where basically it's for Muslim people to find partners because they've got specific criteria. And I'm looking at the black community and I'm thinking, we got specific criteria too, right? So I was looking at Muzmatch, looking at other app services, I'm thinking, and listening to my friends as well, because I'm out of the game. I'm out of the game. Uh, <laughs> I, I had to say it twice, just, just to be clear. Um, but some of the complaints that particularly the women have is that they're not meeting, they're not meeting guys that they are, that are at, the level that they want them to be and to be fair it seems like all of the good people are taken right so how do we filter that faster so i i looked at this as a black dating app for people who are looking to do something now so the app is called be serious in my idea you can call it whatever you want and 
basically you sign up with LinkedIn. Why? Because we need to know what you do for a living. Because again, some people don't want to date someone unless they know, are you, are you gainfully employed and to what degree, right? And we're going to use, based on like your job title and industry, we can, use, we can get some data from Glassdoor to sort of estimate your salary. So now as a user, you're on the app saying, okay, I'm a lawyer. I want to date another lawyer or I'm a, or I'm a teacher. I want to date another teacher. And um, I can sort of choose a salary range, which sounds mad, but <laughs> I could put this person needs to make between 30 and 45,000 pounds a year or something like that. Or for certain people, this person needs to make a hundred thousand pounds a year or they can't text me back um, or I can't text them back. And also we can include search fields like country of origin. So you may like, we both live in the UK, but we're both of Nigerian heritage, right? And that may be important to someone else. And that could be someone who's from, I don't know, Zimbabwe, Jamaica, St. Kitts, wherever, but you can pick whatever country of origin you would prefer. And then we can talk about languages spoken and things like that. And then premium features would be like, okay, me and you are both Nigerian. We both also happen to be Igbo. Are we choosing Igbo people? Or if we're from Southern Africa, we're looking for Indabele people or Shona people or East Africa, Kikuyu people. Or even if we're looking at Black Americans, are we looking for people from the South? Do you see what I mean? So I think that could be very, very interesting because it's very specific to the use case of Black professionals who are getting to their late 20s, early 30s, maybe even older or even younger, but the idea that you are someone who's serious. And then another thing, another feature, don't look at me like I'm crazy, is your timeline for kids. <laughs> when do you want to have kids? So the app is called Be Serious for a reason, isn't it? So it's like, don't, don't swipe. In fact, you can't even see my profile unless you're <laughs> looking at getting married and having kids within the next three years. I don't want to hear three to five. I mean, three years. <laughs> you know? And then there's other options with like filtering by religion. And then you can go to the physical stuff, which is like high. And then you could even have a sickle cell filter. Do you have sickle cell, sickle cell trait or none of it? And filter that straight away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah don't yeah. fall in love. And then uh, maybe this ain't going to work out. But for all sorts of different reasons, or find out you're a Christian, but they're a five percent or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So I think there is an option for that for the community. I think that could really, really, really work. And before I go on, what do you think of that as an idea? Now that I've spent like five minutes big enough, <laughs> I think it can be done. I think it's it's difficult to do. I mean, the idea itself. Is definitely great, especially when you you compare it to Muzmatch, because Muzmatch obviously is Muslim dating, but it's like a lot of them when they're dating, like dating to marry type of thing uh, on that. So I think yeah, that concept is it's kind of weird because that concept is kind of something new, right? Because like most dating apps kind of like oh, for a flip like that type of thing. But um, I think yeah, I, I definitely like the concept. I, I just think it'd be difficult to ex- execute. What do you mean it'll be difficult to execute? Tell me what I, mean, I, I think in terms of once you have the app ready. I don't think it'll be hard to ex- like to market through there. Okay. But actually getting the app to where it is because there's a lot of back-end stuff that happens actually when it comes to the building the apps. Um, and how would you monetize actually? Uh, so some of the features I would have as premium features. So for example, if you want to filter by country of origin mm-hmm. or tribe or ethnicity, you have to be a paid subscriber for that. If yeah. you want like that sickle cell feature, you have to pay for that. The religion feature, you have to pay for that. If you just want an app where everyone has a job and you can see how much roughly they earn, 
mm. and they're black. Yeah, you can just use it for free. But if you really want to get specific and quote unquote, don't waste your time. If you mm. want to have the timeline to kids, timeline to marriage, mm. like those sorts of situations, yeah. those are paid features to me. And also... And do you think you, you want it to be something premium in pricing? Because I'm thinking if your thing is about being serious, mm. and serious people, they're not going to be in app for long. If, like, you know, like, if they're actually looking for something. True, true. So we're probably going to have someone who leaves the app after six months, potentially, or if not. Yeah. So, yeah, but also these are professionals, right? These are people with jobs. So I don't mind charging £10 a month for this service, but yeah. it's about making sure there's high quality people on the app, right? Yeah. yeah. But again, we, so in order to manage the, the customer experience, so I think there's ways that we could do it. So if someone gets too specific, like they want all the six foot five accountants from, I don't know, from, from Togo, who also happen to be in South London and speak French, Spanish and Portuguese. But we have to say maybe you're a bit, a bit too specific, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think there's ways of sort of managing that you're being too specific. You're, being, you're actually probably designing a human rather than, have, than this person actually existing. I think that could be a way to um, to manage, to have a wide enough pool of people to see. Mm-hmm. And I think other premium features, we, I mean, other ways to monetize are we know that these people are professionals. We know that they're serious. Mm-hmm. So what do, what do professionals who are serious want to do? They want to buy houses. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in fact, could we include your credit score in here if you wanted it to be public? Or um, big, so, big, big thing, actually. Yeah, yeah. And also through that process, can, can we start recommending mortgage products to you or mm. um, maybe things related to cars and all of that? So um, I think there's, there's, there's a way to funnel these people into other affiliate relationships because I think like a credit card companies will pay for highly, for highly qualified leads, yeah. um, like wedding planning services, all of the back end sort of stuff. And even like IVF clinics, because I don't know how old people are going to be or if people just want to have a designer baby. Mm-hmm. Like, I want, like, <laughs> timeline to kids, two years. <laughs> timeline exactly. to the boy, two years as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, some people, so I think there's ways in which of doing it. And also, we could, talking about the sickle cell stuff, we could actually have people, we could actually have like affiliate relationships with people who do that genetic compatibility testing to know like mm-hmm. if you two get together is there going to be a potential for some sort of illnesses or conditions to be prevalent in your kids mm-hmm. so i think there's a couple of interesting ways to monetize it around a community of people who not only make money but mm-hmm. are on the path to getting married and starting families i think there's quite a lot on there and makes me want to do this idea but i just don't have the time and also the coding thing yeah, yeah, that's a, that's gonna be a big, big. It's code heavy. Yeah, it's gonna be a big, big part of building things out. Um, and then, what would you think is like the MVP version of what what you just said? Like the quickest, if you're gonna do it in seven days, let's say the quickest thing. If I was to do it in seven days, what I would do is I would get a template. So there's there's all sorts of websites that um no, I'm lying. What I would do is I would make a quick video. I would get either I'd steal content from the internet or I would get some friends and family to be in a video talking about black dating and addressing the pain points. And and I could even make it sort of like a serious sort of video or a funny video where it's basically all the terrible date scenarios where someone says they're six, five and you get there and you can't, you can't see them over the counter or, um, 
this person said that they they were single and you see them put their wedding ring they turned their wedding ring upside down so they're single tonight and stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) have that in the video and drive traffic to a sign up page and see firstly how much does it cost to get an email Mm -hmm. to get someone to say i want to hear about this Mm -hmm. because for example if it costs me 20 pounds to get an email that lets me know that my subscription needs to be very high. And does that mean I'm priced out of the market? Because who, how many people are necessarily going to pay £50 a month for a subscription to this service? Exactly. So that lets me, that, that's a do or die situation. If I can't get customers cheaply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think the next thing after that, because that's something I could possibly do in like two days. Mm-hmm. Then the next day on the third day, <laughs> Uh, it sounds like I'm 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 in Genesis, but um, on the third day, um, I would go to like one of these like app template places where you can get like really basic kind of ugly apps, mm-hmm. and see if I could connect a LinkedIn login to that. Yeah, and then everyone that joined the email list say, hey, um, you can register to be a beta tester for our app before we go live. Mm-hmm. See how many people register. What kind of conversion rate do we get off the back of that? And if I get a positive feedback from that, okay, cool. Now with this community, I'm going to build an app alongside them. So they know that this is in the early stages. They can tell me what's broken, tell me what works. And it may take six months to get it to be beautiful, but we start with an embed community and with people who are bought into the product, I think is a nice way to do it. No, no, I think, yeah, I think that's definitely, yeah, before the key thing is a lot of people try to go straight into the building straight away and Think about everything else after which is like the completely wrong way to do it so i think that definitely those three steps are the best thing to kind of see if there's early enough traction at a cheap rate for you um i like i actually like the ad idea and the reason i actually thought about the, the issue i said about people leaving because it's a serious thing so people everyone is serious and wants, wants to be serious is that i love hinged is it hinged hinged uh, adverts or like oh, the app that's meant to be deleted i love that kind of tag they flipped on, the, on its back essentially on the end um but yeah no, i like the idea, I like the idea. <laughs> so you know if we were to do our version of the app that's meant to be deleted are we going to talk about um people your auntie will approve of or something like that <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's, yeah, that, that, would, that would do really well i think those kind of videos go viral really really easily yeah only for people that are invited to the cookout <laughs> for in fact, i'm already at the cookout <laughs> okay yeah, it was so cool to actually see some stats on like how quickly people leave your app in terms of, of actually finding a partner yeah people like hey you know, on average it takes about eight months for people to get married yeah because it took like for three maybe four years for tinder to have their first wedding because people yeah, like it's, it's a, yeah it's, it's a crazy bliss so i wonder how quick we could get our first wedding yeah yeah, yeah. i think it'd be really quick you know yeah, yeah, I, f- I actually think like we could probably do that in six months. <laughs> yeah, do, do the first wedding really, really quick and put like the whole wedding as like marketing campaign. <laughs> oh, that's sick. Yeah, we'll, we'll pay for the first wedding on this app. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so far as someone doesn't need papers to be in the country, we'll pay for the wedding because I'm not trying to be involved in no scam. <laughs> 30 day fiance. That's <laughs> <laughs> mad, just to get some bread as well. Okay, okay, so. Yeah, those are the first two business ideas, people. And just to run back through them, the first one was uh, a marketing service for highly specialized industries. So whether that's doctors, dentists, dietitians, people who 
spend a lot of time in school to get skills and then come out into the world and have the potential to run their own business but maybe don't have the skills or marketing related to do it can you go to those people and offer them some value that means that you can now bring them more customers and charge a fee for that service the second idea which was my idea which i'm really excited about actually if someone builds this i can't use it but i would love to i would love to hear how it goes which is a black dating app which is very very specific to the culture which allows you to filter based on um a country of origin your health condition so for example do you have sickle cell sickle cell trait we should know that up front um what you do for a living roughly how much you make um what languages you speak all of these things that are super specific to being black in some ways or that will be important to people for, for, of black heritage where if you're looking for someone from the caribbean who was born in the caribbean for example just like you but doesn't live there anymore that's a particular nuance that might make it harder for you to date this app could be the answer to that. And there are tons of ways to monetize it, especially when you've got an affluent, high-earning, married, married, marriage-focused sort of audience because there's a bunch of transactions that come after the wedding, right, that you could be a part of or that you could facilitate. So in the second half of this episode, we're going to be breaking down two more business ideas. And if you've liked what we've done here so far, stay tuned for the second half, but also leave a comment and let us know what you think, because we can do more of these. We, we will come up with new ideas every six to eight weeks and bring Lotana back and we can discuss them. So I'll see you after the break for more business ideas. If you have any questions or dilemmas that you'd like to have featured on our podcast or on our YouTube channel, go to blackmillennialmoney.com, click the contact page and send them to us. Names will be changed or kept anonymous unless you say otherwise. All right, we are back in this Make Money episode of Black Millennial Money, where we're talking about four business ideas that you can make money from immediately. If you haven't got your pen and paper out yet, now is the time to get it. There's two more business ideas that me and Lotana are going to be talking about that you can start and make money from. We're literally breaking down how we would start these in seven days, how we would test it to see if it's going to make money, to see if anyone cares about these ideas and how you can too. So I've got my business guru, my business guest. He's the man behind Expo app, which is an app that's valued at two million pounds that helps influencers connect with brands. And if you have a small business or if you're going to use one of these business ideas, head over to Expo app, download it. It's only available on iTunes. So sorry, Android gang. Um, And start using these influencers to promote your business as a test. Find the right influencer and maybe you could promote one of these ideas that we're doing. So Lots, you got the first idea for this half of the episode. Talk to us about this first idea you got. All right, cool. So I've been really interested in beauty specifically. A lot of money is being spent in beauty. One of the businesses I ran beforehand was a subscription lash company. Um, random facts, people, I think 1.3 billion is spent on lashes every year. So that was a crazy, crazy stat for me. Wait, just on eyelashes? Just on eyelash and just on eyelash extensions, not even no no eyelash strips, not the extensions themselves. Um, wow. Don't ask me how I learned about all of this. They're just you know random research. But anyways, end up finding out whenever I actually went on Instagram, you see there's a lot of beauticians, of so people who offer these services, or, you know, hairstylists, beauticians, um, uh, eyelash me- mechanics. I don't know what they call themselves. Lash technicians, bro. That's it. <laughs> eyelash mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> eyelash mechanics. <laughs> Last <laughs> conditions and um, um, nail technicians as well. Um, they kept using the same link I kept seeing. It was always like blah, 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 dot as dot me or something. I clicked on it and it's always the same thing. You see, you get hit with this 10 page of like terms and conditions of white background and black writing and random red writing or pink writing somewhere. 
all the pictures aren't formatted properly of the different you know services that they offer you have to literally scroll for like three minutes for you to finally see the options that you choose from and it's not very customizable on the client side of things so i was thinking hey what company is this? So I end up finding out, um, I think I call it equity, but I know it's acuity scheduling. Um, <laughs> it's my accent, man, it's my accent. But um, yeah, that essentially, you found out about them. They were actually, they're a Squarespace company. So Squarespace is essentially like a website builder. And that was actually Squarespace's first acquisition. And I think it was like back in 2011 or something like that. So a long, long time ago. So what they actually did, we're going to call them Ace for now. It's just like a scheduling software for anything, to be honest. That's, that's what they created for, for any kind of scheduling software. Um, but I really think someone could build something niche for the beauty industry specifically. Just because, you know, if a girl or anyone wants to kind of book some kind of beautician or something, whatever it is, they want to see vibrant colors. They want to see, okay, cool. When I get on there, I don't want to be hit with you know, three pages of terms and conditions. There should be like a, a button to click if I want to see it. Straight away, I should be able to see all the images or videos of um, the services that are available uh, through there and be able to hold deposits through my booking. A very, very smooth process it should be, but it's not at all with that side. So that's on the client side. But then on the merchant side, so I asked one of my friends, and she does nails herself, and I asked her to give me her login just to see what a merchant side looks like. It's literally the worst thing I've ever, ever seen before. Like, it doesn't. You log in and you just have four calendars and you're like, what would it all four mean? And they kind of give you too many options. And the reason they give you too many options is because it's a generic platform for um, a booking. So they, they give you something that you, you, someone who's a nail technician may never need, but a hairstylist may need, or maybe hairstylist doesn't need, but a yoga um, teacher may need, all that kind of stuff. Um, so something like a very, just a very niche way. And I know they're currently charging, I think, £12 per month to uh, uh, beauticians to use it. Um, to, sorry, to just anyone to use their scheduling software. And I think you can just come in with an introductory price of you know £10 just to start off with. And a lot of the data and the things that beauticians need is not even anything difficult to do. Like, for example, just, no, I don't know, maybe selling bobs got you more money this month compared to, I don't know, 30-inch 30, 30 wigs or something like that. Just make it look pretty. Um, and, and I think that's a pretty, pretty neat idea. Yeah, this is this is one of those ones where you see someone, where you see an opportunity because a business already exists, but isn't doing it well for a large enough market, a customer group, basically. So acuity scheduling is scheduling for everybody, dentists, doctors, lawyers, hairstylists mechanics whatever but there's in fact you could choose any of those niches to be fair and say that they're not doing the best service for this group of people let me find a way of making something perfect for them and I see what you mean from like if I'm going to book a facial for example ideally the business wants my booking experience to be an extension of the experience I'm going to have in the store so the same colors need to be the same. The imagery needs to be the same. If they're still mad enough to have music on their website in 2021, the music will need to match. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Because you want to create a vibe. But from what you're saying to me, acuity scheduling is just uh, some, some basic generic sort of thing that doesn't quite work perfectly, makes your brand look a little somehow. And it, there is an opportunity there to do something that's interesting. And... From 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 your conversation with your friend who's in this space, like that data you mentioned, where it's like um, 
you sold more of this product this month or you had more bookings for that this month. Is that useful to her? Yeah, yeah, it's very useful for her because then she knows, okay, cool, for next month or maybe plan in the future because I didn't get any sales in this or, or I got far less sales for this. I don't need to offer that uh, as much and maybe I can specialize more uh, through there and maybe charge higher prices. I do wonder then, is the product actually the analytics bit that works with Acuity already? Mm. So basically, you build a bo- or you build a bonus feature to Acuity and I think Squarespace has a market space, a marketplace for apps already yeah. for their websites. So presumably this person is using a Squarespace website. So if you build an integration that gives you beautiful analytics, useful analytics for people that use Acuity, probably what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to use it and then Squarespace are going to say, hey, can we buy this? Yeah, that's true, that's true. And yeah. that might be easier than trying to compete with Acuity. Mm, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. I think at the same time, that solves the issue for the merchant side of things, but not for the client side of things because they still see the the crappy black and white. Like, literally, it's so weird. You go on an Instagram page, because that's how it normally happens, actually. These merchants that don't actually have their own websites, they just kind of build on top of this security scheduling. Uh, they just have, like, a specific link for themselves in their bio. You see these beautiful Instagram pages, you know, reels. You see people's faces, people smiling, all that kind of stuff. You click on a link to book, and you just black and white text literally on there for, for ages uh, through there. So I think it's definitely a two-sided uh, problem uh, through that. I think to also onboard the merchants, you need to be able to prove to them that, hey, you're actually getting more bookings by using our software somehow. People are happier booking through our software because it looks nicer and whatnot all that kind of stuff okay yeah that's interesting it seems harder to me than doing just the data thing because the data thing like it seems harder because when you say that people that don't have websites um using this booking system i then wonder is there a way to show them how many customers they're potentially losing because the customers don't understand the booking process because it seems like a tough sell for just that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you just made a great point. I think that's a great way to be able to show to the merchants on that side. But the annoying thing is that equity is so rubbish that it doesn't even show you that kind of data. And it's so hard for you to, like, you don't even see clicks something as simple as clicks you don't even really see. Yeah, you don't even see that so it's just like so you don't even know okay cool clicks con- I don't know, conversion rate from clicks to actually bookings you don't see that at all okay so there's a lot that you can actually do with that for the business owners who care because I, I have a feeling that with every market and maybe this is my bias looking at beauty that there's some people who do it but it, they're not business people where the data matters to them in that regard mm-hmm. And that might just be my bias. I, I don't know anything about the beauty space, but from the outside looking in, I, I don't see that appetite. But I guess there are a group of people within there who are hot on their numbers, who want to know how they can maximize their businesses at all times. So how would you start this in seven days? What would be your first steps? Um, I think, first of all, I think the most difficult part, which you can easily outsource, is the schedule, the specific scheduling parts of things. Um, find an API out there. Um, I think there's a company called Nylas, N-Y-L-A-S. You can tell I've researched this already. Um, you reach out to them. I think they charge like one pound per customer per month or something like that that you have on there. So that's on the merchant side of things. They deal with all the, you know, if someone actually gets books, sending them an email, a text message, all that kind of stuff, the notification side of things to make sure you can, you know, delete, update, 
those are the more technical sides of things um then you can literally do that what today let's start today and then tomorrow then then talk to clients on that end or people that you know who sorry merchants on that end people, people that you do that know that do nails hair and just ask them questions that what they don't like what they don't currently like about um acuity scheduling because literally everyone uses it and i feel like everyone uses it because there's literally no other option um, at all like i actually looked and there's there's no other option at least that's geared towards specifically like beauticians um uh through there and i also actually find you know maybe partner with some influences like the big maybe not influences per se but the big big beauticians um out there and maybe give them lifetime free access for your software and what i found actually speaking to my friend is that when people, I think there's there's three kinds of clients. There's the the starting off is people that want to be competitions and they tend to look up to the bigger ones to be like, oh, what software they're using, that kind of stuff. Then there's people that are actually, you know, doing it and earning, you know, a little bit of money that's just passed by through there. Um, and then there's people who have actually like, like doing really well from themselves. So they tend to have their own websites. But what's weird about that is that they have their own websites, but for the scheduling side, they now put a plugging of <laughs> acuity scheduling into it. <laughs> Um, it makes the website even terrible. I'm just like, what's the what's the point, really? Because like, you maybe people click on your link to go to your website, then you have to find a creative thing within there. And this is a longer process, but that's how how I would begin, definitely. I would do that slightly differently. You know, my first thing would I would go mad on Google and try and find a white label calendar. So someone who sells calendars software, and see if I can rebrand my own rather than bothering to build it or anything like that to see what can we what's can we do that's better than what acuity scheduling already does that and it might just be that it looks better or it might just be that um you can integrate it more with your site so for example acuity sounds like a white form right what if it was an invisible form and all you saw were the boxes so you still had the colors of your website on stuff behind it already so that's a bit of a fix in terms of the look and feel. So I would try and find a white label service like that and maybe do a one month subscription to them and see what I get. And then see which beauty influencers or people in this space I could get to use it. Because the other thing is, the challenge with this is the switching costs. How difficult is it for someone to get rid of Acuity and maybe all of the email addresses that are saved in there or whatever else from previous clients and then have them move all of that over to this new platform. Mm, so, nice. yeah, I didn't think about that. And also the learning curve of this new platform because I assume they know how to use Acuity even if, if they don't like it. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder about those bits, but that would be my process where I'm just trying to think, I don't want to build this. I just want to see, can I actually, the first thing that comes to my head is, is Calendly. Do they have like an API I can plug into and I can maybe do something a little bit different to what they already offer? Because mm-hmm. Calendly allows you to do transactions. The calendars are better looking than yeah. Acuity already. So it just has me thinking, maybe that's the way I would go. Mm-hmm. I get that, I get that. Well, yeah. This is a great point actually about um, cost of switching uh, through there and whether acuity scheduling actually allows them to transfer the data easily um, from them to someone else. Because, for example, if I'm a nail technician um, and I have you know 15 bookings coming up and I've now been approached by this you know company, blah blah, okay, 
but I don't want to have to rebook everyone again type of thing. So, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Or yeah, it's something to figure out. It's definitely something to figure out. But um, again, we've, we dropped the idea in the world. So let's see who yeah. picks it up and see and, and runs with it, really. Mm-hmm. So I've, the final idea for this episode is one of my ideas. And um, it's a print-on-demand business for countries that can't access PayPal or Stripe. So this, is, this came to me because I was thinking, I see a lot of African artists on Instagram and I speak to my cousin in Nigeria and he wants to do an online business, but he can't get PayPal because Nigeria is not allowed to have PayPal at the time. Anyway, they may have changed it now, but that applies to PayPal and Stripe and a lot of payment processes don't actually reach every country in the world. They kind of stick to Western Europe and places like that. I wonder, if, could you set up a print on demand business? And I was thinking art because I see a lot of artists on Instagram, as I said, if I reach out to all these artists in these countries and build a website you don't even, you don't really need to build a website you can do it through shopify nice and easy just set up the account and create a way for them to this bit you might have to pay a little bit for to get or unless you've got a coding skill create a login so to, actually there's a couple of apps where you've got membership levels so you could have the artist sign up as members and they upload their artwork onto this platform and basically what you do now is you promote it and market it and you do it in a really sort of high-end and luxurious way where you 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 present the art and get stock footage from like PlaySit and all of these other um, mock-up websites so people can see what the art looks like in their home and have different sizes. And you can send these, sell these canvases globally because you're in the UK or you're in a country that has Stripe or PayPal. And have this all done print on demand so you don't have to you don't have to manage any stock or any inventory all you focus on is getting the artists onboarded uploaded and then they do the marketing to sell the product that they have available the benefit of that is you have an audience who generally isn't making this money any other way or it's much more complicated for them to do so where all they have to do is log into your website and upload their artwork that they've done anyway then you you split the commission. It's up to you how you do it. You could do 50-50, 70-30, whatever, whatever deal you come to. And all your job from that point on is marketing and trying to get it in the right hands and in the right places. And I think that could be a very, very interesting business because it's a, it's a systemic barrier that excludes a certain number of people who will be willing to make good money from the service you offer and can potentially make really good money. And it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you a lot of money. I, I can see this getting set up for less than 500 pounds. Yeah, You've got the Shopify subscription. And the only thing that might cost you money is if you need someone to code the bit where you've got the two tier membership potentially. But yeah, that's the idea a lot. So what do you think? No, I like it. How did it come to you? Well, you said your, your cousin you said? Yeah, so when so when um, I found out he couldn't access PayPal or Stripe easily, because there were ways you could sort of do it with a VPN, but then how'd you get them? Because you basically asked me to create a PayPal account with a UK bank account in my name, so and then send him the money through like Western Union or whatever else, mm-hmm. if he ever made any money using the service. And I kind of thought that's a bit long. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I was thinking, okay, who else would benefit from this? Who can sell something digitally? Because what he was trying to sell didn't work digitally necessarily but it's a it was an interesting problem to have and for okay print on demand is nice and easy because i don't want to handle any inventory well it's just a marketing business and that's how it sort of came to me it's just sort of developed over time no okay cool, cool. no i do like that idea i do like i do like that idea and how would you 
I'm trying to wrap my head around this. So how would you? Yeah, no, no, actually, yeah, with, with 500 pounds, you can easily get that started up. Yeah. And if you wanted to run some Instagram or Facebook ads to artists in Africa or in Latin America or in India or places like that, you could do it quite easily because it's super cheap, right? Yeah. It's super cheap to get ad impressions from those places. So, yeah, I, I think this is a good, I think this is possibly the easiest idea on the list um, to start. Um, this one as well to, to begin. Yeah, the easiest way to start. And in terms of making money, it's all about the commissions, right? If you, it, it then becomes a bit of a sort of arbitrage game, right? So if you're selling your art for £50 a piece or maybe £150 a piece, mm-hmm. um, you now need to make sure your, spend, your advertising spend is less than what you're spending after you've got the commission, after the print-on-demand fees. So, so it's, okay, can I get a customer for £50 and sell them something for 150 mm-hmm. And then after I split the commission or whatever else, I still have some money left for myself. So it's, it's a tricky game because it depends on how much it costs you to get a customer in that regard. But that's, that's a problem that you can figure out. I, I think that's a basic sort of business challenge. Yeah, and how would you deal with, for example, let's say something as menial, let's say returns, like, um, are you not responsible for that side of things? Well, yeah, the returns thing is, is tricky because... So this is where you need to have a good relationship with your print-on-demand supplier because if it's returned, we need to figure out why it's been returned. So is it an issue with the quality of the print or something like that? Was it damaged in transit? That's something that the print-on-demand supplier needs to sort out. However, if it's too big for their room or not, or I don't know, the colors don't match whatever they wanted it to be, then it now falls on us. But I think the challenge here is the admin side of thing on the back end of the business. So when someone buys, how long does it take for the artist to get their commission? Mm-hmm. And how do we even pay the artist? So do I now need to withdraw the money from my bank account, send it through Western Union or like World Remit or something, and they have to pick it up as like mobile credit, wherever they are. <laughs> but that's admin, that's process that we wouldn't have if it was in the UK, but you wouldn't also have this art coming in. And so that as well when you have so many multiple steps to send money to someone. Yeah, because we get charged on the website. So we get charged through PayPal or Shopify for the customer buying it. And then we get charged again to send it to the customer. I mean, to the artist in whatever country they are. But even with that, I think it's doable. Because again, even even if you do... I don't know if this is fair. I don't... This isn't fair. I know it's not fair. But say you had... Rather than doing a fifty a percentage split, say you had a fixed cost. So... For every piece of art you sell, we're going to give you 20 pounds. Okay, yeah. I think like that much, but then mark it up, right? Yeah, I still sell it for 150 pounds, yeah. which sounds mad. <laughs> but the reality of it is what that allows you to do then is, based on the country, 20 pounds is a lot for one piece of art. Mm-hmm. So Nigeria, if that was Nigeria, 20 pounds is about 10,000 naira. When I was in Nigeria last in 2015, the people that worked in the hotel, mm-hmm. like... Wait, waitresses, reception staff, they just about made 10,000 naira a month, including tips. Mm. So if you get that from one piece of art, you're up. If you sell five pieces of art, you're making the doctor's salary in Nigeria. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. doctors make like 80,000 a month. Mm. And that's if they get paid on time, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah, exactly. But if I could guarantee, not guarantee you, but if you sign up for this website, and to me, I'm giving you 50, 60, 100 pound a month, but 
that's basically 400 pounds in revenue to me. Mm-hmm. If I give you 100 pounds, it's 400 pounds in revenue to me. You're living a great life for an opportunity that you may not be able to get otherwise. And this doesn't, and this doesn't stop you from doing anything else or anything else of your day. This is art you've already created. Exactly. I'm going to keep pushing forever exactly. yeah, yeah, and yeah. trying to make money from. Definitely, definitely. So I think a fixed fee is the only way that the business makes sense because otherwise it gets trickier. Yeah, and then yeah, and then, then it's just all about the market, right? That's that's literally it after that. Yeah. Yeah. Why won't it work though? I like the biggest point of vulnerability I can see I can see one, but I'll wait for you to see if you can spot it first. Uh, give me a challenge now. Um, <laughs> um I thought like this is a really pretty sound idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find like any, except for like that admin thing that you talked about. But I think if mm. you find someone diligent enough, then it's not not that big of an issue. All right. the The biggest issue that I can see with this business is if PayPal, Stripe, or whoever else start accepting payments in these countries. Oh yeah, long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah PayPal. Doesn't Stripe just acquired Paystack in Nigeria? So it's like, yeah. So essentially, they're already doing payments in Nigeria, or they might be. Yeah. So that's the biggest point of vulnerability. But at the same time, it's the marketing leverage that that again is similar to like the doctors and um, chiropractors we spoke about earlier. This person's skill is art. If you're creating dope art, your skill is probably not marketing. So as much as PayPal might come to your country or Stripe or whoever else comes to your country, chances are you're not going to be better at marketing than me. Mm-hmm. Because I work in marketing, that's my that's a big part of my day to day job. Mm-hmm. So it's still defensible, but it's still a big point of vulnerability because now this person has options. Mm-hmm. And also, if the art has been sent again, the same issue we had with the chiropractors, mm-hmm. if the art's been selling like crazy on the website, people know this person's name. Like they start their own social media site now, or sorry, Twitter, or whatever it is on that end. And yeah, vlogging it themselves. To be honest, yeah, it's a wrap. Ah, uh, the other thing as well is um. Well, it's an issue, but not a big, it's a fixable issue, but it's a consistent frustration. So with print on demand, the artwork you have needs to be high quality Mm -hmm. for it to come out looking nice when they make it bigger and smaller. If the person on the other side doesn't upload a high quality file, Mm -hmm. when we ship it to a customer, it's going to be mad pixelated. (laughs) (laughs) I guess a way to fix that is if you set requirements on what can be uploaded, but then again, you now have a massive storage bill, which means your Shopify fees are going up because you've got these very high resolution pictures Mm -hmm. all taking up space. So solvable problem, but still a bit of an an annoyance, especially if someone's now filling up your customer support because they don't understand what a high quality file looks like. Yeah, I get you. I get you with that. Holy way to solve for the um, at least in the long term, for but it creates more issues actually. To be honest, is like, <laughs> like, like if you went to a place like I don't know, like a proper third world country where like you know Stripe is not going to be there for the next. You mean like somewhere that's having a war like right now? How could it solve that issue? But then it brings more issues actually. So when I think about it, yeah, yeah, because you know, see, again, that's this is another thing you got to be potentially careful of. Like, if you now, like, say you chose chose a country where there was a war, Mm -hmm. 
and say for example the person the artist was a believer in some cause and now used that money to sponsor people who were deemed to be terrorists uh, have you as a business now funded terrorism <laughs> it's a bit of, because because that's half the reason that paypal and stripe aren't in these countries yeah yeah because yeah. the regulations are a bit somehow where money laundering and all that because even like stripe doesn't allow like any kind of was it like any kind of pornography or gambling is it no pornography yeah. gambling but the support on that end so that's exactly for that reason that you, you said yeah it's all mad so but <laughs> we digress so those are the reasons why it won't work uh but seven days how would how would you start in seven days i feel like i already sort of explained how i would yeah you should start instead of from the very beginning <laughs> but, <laughs> but i think yeah yeah um firstly just finding an artist i think it's very easy to flog art over here on the western side of the world um, especially for the prices you're talking about because of the, that price disparity um, from like 20 pounds is a lot in Nigeria but like people easily pay you know 50, 60, 100 pounds for art um, in the US specifically or even in the UK on the western side of the world so I think just finding an artist or finding two or three um, that are consistent uh, through there then like you said finding what do you call them is it like a print on demand um, company for them to be able to format that or like that's your kind of your supply chain through there for the artwork and then just then it's just the market interview and I think you just easily find easy Shopify store you can spin up in like 48 hours uh, through there and make it really really specific on the end I think yeah, yeah I think this is the easiest one to start to be fair I would yeah it's the easiest one to start you could definitely st- be making money in seven days doing this easily easily but, your marketing ad needs to be lit yeah but this is again where you can get um those mock-up pictures that are really high quality and all of that stuff so if you if you can get that and a subscription to place it's like 25 pound a month and it's unlimited so if you spend two days just going nuts on place it but you will come out with a two three hundred different pictures that you can use in your ads and they even do videos as well so you can have someone walking past your art in a room or like so i think yeah i think there's a lot of scope and you can do this for free well kind of for free in canva canva there's the monthly subscriptions like 10 pounds and you can do mock-ups in there as well so yeah man this is the easiest one to get started so hit me up if you want to start this business i will be an investor um but you need to be credible because i'm not just trying to flush my money down the toilet um okay so we've come to pretty much the end of the episode we've got one more ad break where we're gonna after that we're gonna give you the quick tip and the next steps for how you can take advantage of these four business ideas or any other business ideas that this has sparked for you so we'll see you after the break you may not know this but we have a patreon page patreon is a platform that makes it super easy for people to support creators here at black millennial money our mission is to reach millions of people around the world with life-changing financial information and you can be part of that Head over to patreon.com forward slash black millennial money or click the link in the description to sign up and start supporting us today. And we are back in this final portion of black millennial money. And we have been talking about making money and businesses you can do to make money. We've dropped four ideas that you can use and start right now to start making money or hopefully have inspired some ideas for you to do things and start your own business and your own side hustles. Lotana's got a quick tip for us this week, which has really helped him take action and and push forward and make money for his business. So lots, what's the quick tip for this week? 
Well, it's pretty simple, actually. I think it's just getting started, to be honest. Um, I think a lot of people are stuck in the ideation phase, like, oh, how can I make this perfect and all that kind of stuff through there. Um, I just literally think, like, you know, think of the idea, think of maybe three steps, or like uh, Joseph said, literally about how you can create this in seven days and not just write it down, but think, okay, cool, how can I actually begin today? Like, can I actually call someone today? Can I message someone? Can I DM someone today? Can I DM 10 people and see if any of them respond? Can I get on the phone with one of my friends who's also um, potentially be a client of mine um, through that and start today? Um, the reason I say this is because there's someone I used to love to watch called Gary Vee, like he's an amazing guy, he does amazing content, but sometimes the content becomes too addictive where it's kind of like, yeah, I'm really getting ready to, to do some work and do some do some stuff in this world, but you're, you're always in that getting ready phase type of thing and never actually going uh, through that and actually doing something essentially. And it's, it's, I think a lot of people are scared of failure as well, if we don't. A lot of people don't want to start because they're trying to get everything perfect. Well, they say they want to get everything perfect, but really they're actually scared of starting. But starting and failing, and you actually learn way more than actually trying to perfect something because that perfection you're trying to look for is based on your own assumptions. And you may not even be your own ideal customer uh, through this. Just literally start straight away and um, learn as you go is the best thing to do. Perfect. I couldn't have said it better myself. Just get started, start doing the work and learn. It. Perf- There's no such thing as perfect. Mm. Like <laughs> even established businesses get it wrong every day. Like Amazon will send you the wrong parcel. John mm. Lewis will forget something. Like it, it's never perfect, but does it make money? right do customers like it so that's it so what you're saying actually what you just said like instagram for example every three days for i think the 10 years they've been um uh, active for there's always a new update on the app essentially so there's definitely no such thing as perfection exactly exactly that um you just start where you start and then you you keep going you keep going because even if it's even if you somehow manage to be perfect today tomorrow someone's copying you someone or something is going to change in the world that means your product's no longer perfect like literally people thought they had perfect cars until electric cars came along <laughs> so it's like, and now a hundred years of cars they're all wrong they're all wrong <laughs> so that's the quick tip what's the next steps for everyone listening what are the three things everyone listening right now should do to start one of these businesses or a business that's been inspired from what we've been talking about today i would say First of all, think about who your customers are and not just, hey, you know, like let's say for me, I had I have an influencer business. I, I'm not just saying, hey, my customers are influencers, but who your actual customer personas. So what I mean by that is actually specifically, so for us, influencers, what is influencers? We wanted, you know, beauty, fashion, and lifestyle were our three main. And we wanted people who are micro-influencers who just started their journey and who would need our services more. So that's actually our key personas. So finding that, writing down, writing that down, actually, not just thinking in your head, writing that down actually brings it into the world. And then actually trying to find a way to, you know, potentially contact your customers to see if you know, get some of their time um, and to ask them specific questions that you'd like answered. I think that's definitely the first thing through there. Okay. And what's the next, uh, what's the second step after that? Um, I would definitely say um, it's more about just mapping out your ideas. So I did mention in the first point is actually writing things down because a lot of people say, hey, I've got this idea in my head. But then once you actually flesh it out, you see so many holes in it. Um, but it's, it's good to write things down so they can actually see the full flow of everything um, so far. So, for example, when I first started Expo, I think that's 
the book's not with me now, but I had at least like a notepad where I wrote things down at first. I'm like, yeah, influencers for the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I wrote down everything beforehand. After when I actually read it, I was like, yo, this is way too much. We need to focus more down on that. And then you're actually able to cross things out and actually see the roadmap uh, for the product on the MVP that you build. And I think that's definitely the second thing there. Okay. And what's the final step for the listens this week? Um, yeah, it's just the same thing as what the, the key thing was, right? Just just getting started. So after you've written those things down and you've also spoken to your customers through there, it's kind of thinking, okay, what's the cheapest way I can get this out there straight away? Um, if I want to build an app, you don't need to build an app straight away. You can just literally run an ad, first of all, just to see hey, how many people actually click on this link and give us their email uh, through there and how many of them are my key personas. Um, just so sometimes I even think, you know, how can I start this with less than 200 pounds? Exactly. Exactly. So those are the next steps. Just to summarize them a little bit. So find a way to speak to your potential customers as quickly as possible. Within 48 hours, have a conversation with the people you think should be buying your product. If you can't find those people, cross the product off. If you speak to those people and they say they don't like it, cross the product off. If you speak to those people and they say they like it, but change this and this and this, now you're onto something. So don't waste your time trying to perfect it. Your business plan doesn't matter if customers don't care. The next step is to really map out the idea. Map it out in detail in one pa- on one page. After you've spoken to your customers, potential customers, have got some insight, got some idea as to what this product should really look like. Use a focus two hours to really map out, research what you're doing, YouTube binge, Google binge. To be honest, it doesn't take more than four or five hours of solid research to become better than 90% of the people in most fields. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to be a top level person, not saying you're going to be a guru, but you're going to know enough to sell a product. You're going to know enough to understand the customer's need. Like I don't need to know how to braid hair to sit in a hair salon and see what's broken here. People are waiting for too long. The floor is filthy. They don't have the right product range. All sorts of different things are problems that you can identify without necessarily being an expert in the field. You just need to know enough to get started. And then talking about getting started, just do it. What can you do to get this out in the world in seven days? That's been the running theme through this. How can we start in seven days? How can we start cheaply? How can we start with less than 200 pounds, less than 500 pounds? How can we start for free? What can we do that's free that we can actually just get into the world and see, does anybody care? That's our episode today. And I'm, I've really enjoyed this one because I love talking business with Latana. And I hope you guys have got some value from listening to us talking about business. And maybe if, if any of you do these ideas, I've really got my eye on this Black Dating app because I think that could be very interesting. If any of you pick these up and want to go and want to go for it let us know how you get on and in fact we'll bring you on the podcast to talk about your journey in trying to to, to tackle one of these ideas so Lotana, people are going to want to reach out to you people want to know more about expo app how can people get hold of you is there an instagram is there a website talk to the people yeah so how you can contact with me is lots xpo so l-o-t-s-x-p-o on all socials and if you want to come up with the business directly, then it's Expo app on all socials or expo-app.com. All right. And all of those links will be in the show notes as usual. And if you want to contact us on social media, it's BMM Global on Instagram and BMM Global Pod on Twitter. Head over to our website, blackmillennialmoney.com for the breakdown of the show notes or just scroll down on whatever app you're looking at me on or hearing my voice on. And remember to join our Patreon. 
We are on a mission to reach a million people around the world with life-changing financial education, and you can help us do that with these business ideas, with these keeping money ideas, these investing ideas on how to spend your money right. Join the Patreon, head over to blackmillennialmoney.com and do that. We have dilemmas on a Sunday. Tune in every Sunday at 11.30 to have your dilemmas answered, to contribute to other people's dilemmas. If you want to help other people within the community, we take your answers as well. We are, we are not the only people who have good ideas. So that's been our episode this week. Thank you so much for listening and tune in next week for another episode of Black Millennial Money. This is Black Millennial Money. 